here we are recording another podcast and we didn't plan this at all. We had a very different plan for today. Do you want to say a few things about that? <laughs> yeah. I arrived here in Stockholm yesterday. First time that we're recording a podcast in the same room for a while, I think. I, um, I was expecting to... Uh, have a very different week than the one it's looking like it's going to be and it might change all again and why is that because uh, well let's put it this way it feels like it's March 2020 all over again that's really what it feels like a little bit so the whole idea of um, entering another phase of the of the pandemic and the Omicron uh, and our relationship to restrictions and dealing with different politics, I suppose, different countries. So we were meant to run an international event today. We have another international event tomorrow. And uh, we seem to be, you know, getting updates hourly almost on, on what's going on. And in the middle of that, I suppose it's worthwhile stopping and thinking, you know, what have we learned from a year of this? Or perhaps March 2020, you said, when it was quite new to us entering restrictions or, or quarantine or or working from home or everything was just new so yeah. what is the impact of that now yeah and remember when we in march 2020 when we started talking to our clients about how to how to lead in these times um there was this one thing which we we said uh hope for the best prepare for the worst remember and we thought we were talking about, you know, three months or four months. Uh, and that was for us the worst, or maybe six months. And now we're almost two years, actually. Uh, it's December 2021. It's almost two years. And I have now a feeling that, you know, having been through almost two years of this, and obviously there have been ups and downs, and there have been different variants of the virus, and we've had three or four lockdowns in London. I don't know, I can't remember. I lose count. I don't think it will go back to where we were in those times, but I feel that we are a little bit, or at least it feels like that we're getting to a uh, another phase where it's going to be a bit bad. I mean, it might all still blow over, right? We don't know, but it doesn't feel like that. So um, prepare for the worst, we said. Well, now we're here almost two years later and we're still doing that. And um, I was talking to my last week, I was talking to a bunch of clients who had prepared in Finland and they had prepared to uh, to open the office up for the first time to a hybrid situation. And um, literally the day they were supposed to start this new way of working, the Finnish government came out with a new guidance to work from home. So talking to this management team in one-on-ones, especially to the extroverts it's just you know it's really hard to to deal with this right to when you when you think finally we can officially be back in the office and we we have this whole procedure that we have decided on and 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 you know nice uh, renovated office and all that kind of stuff and um and we're back working from home and they are upset and a little bit depressed about that now it's never a good time December, you know, the dark days in Northern Europe. But uh, 
yeah, it it feels like um, people are not uh, particularly happy with the next with the next phase of this pandemic. What comes to me when you when you talk about that the setback and the disappointment? It's almost like rehab, you know, when you've had a physical injury and uh, you accept that there is an injury, you you've done something, you know, and then. You go to the physiotherapist and you get your program and the rehab is slow. It takes time and it's boring because it's the same exercise, very little every day. So it's getting into the routine of getting back into shape. Mm. And uh, and then you feel, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm good now. And then you do what you would like to do and you overdo it and you're back to square one. And then you start again. So it's like this never ending, you know, rehab program that, you need to continue with because you've overdone it once. I almost feel like we are in a rehab program and and then we come out and we sort of celebrate and we're so happy and then something explodes and we put back into square one. Yeah. So it's almost as if we need to to learn a new routine for rehab, whatever that word would be, mm. a new relationship to living or, or meeting or traveling or I don't know, is mm. it... Well, it's it's funny you say that because I'd never really, you know, I've had long COVID since June. And um, so that's six months, seven months now. And I've never really thought of my long COVID, dealing with long COVID as a rehab, but it's very much rehab, right? It's it's um, two steps forward, one step back all the time. Um, the fatigue periods are a lot less severe and, and less frequent. But then you think it's over and all of a sudden, boom, right? I I sleep for an hour and a half in the middle of the day without any reason whatsoever. Uh, and that's long COVID. It's the sim- a similar thing, really, I think. And if we if we take that to another, another level, so that's the physical side of things. If you take it to the more uh, mental side of things, so the experience of the feeling of disappointment, so you think you were hoping for something else. It's basically an expectation gap. So you have a different expectation from reality. And the bigger that gap is, uh, the more difficult it's usually to to accept what is. And you're still hoping for something else. So what what can we say? What can you say talking about, you know, dealing with disappointments in terms of practicing dealing with disappointments? And, and it's almost, I suppose... The idea for today is to talk about resilience, which is such a big word, looking mm. at different perspectives of resilience. But if we take this, dealing with disappointments. Yeah, yeah, we, we are talking about resilience here, right? Um, so I think partly it's to prepare for it by preparing yourself to, you know, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. And part of that is stoicism. So we um we are happy with what we have uh we don't compare ourselves to the times when there was no COVID, but we compare ourselves to the times when there was a hard lockdown life is great all of a sudden right so that's one way of practicing i think um emotional or mental resilience is is just to um practice stoicism and and this is probably more physical uh, resilience, but self-denial is another way of really practicing. Uh, it's also stoicism, but practicing or preparing so that we become more resilient. 
So for example, cold exposure, right, is a way to become more resilient to the cold. It's a great example, I think, or a metaphor for resilience overall. If we do take, like we do cold showers every morning or take cryotherapy sessions or sit in the minus five on your balcony for 10 minutes meditating naked, then you do really deal with the normal cold much easier, right? I don't really feel the cold very much because I do all these things. And so so you sit on your balcony in London naked and meditate? Yes. Well, not completely <laughs> naked, but almost. But it's dark anyway, so nobody, and, and nobody's awake at five o'clock in the morning. So. Well, the cold exposure I do is winter baths, and uh, I didn't do it the other week uh, because it was snow on the on the ground, which is not a good reason not to do it, I suppose. I can still get back to it. You know, what's interesting when you say that, the, the what I understand from resilience is that when you do physical resilience training or denial or whatever you call it, it does travel to your mental resilience. Mm. So the brain has this capacity to transfer resilience practices to mm. other areas. So mental and emotional resilience also yeah. becomes stronger because of your physical resilience training. Yeah, this reminds me of, I can't remember where I read this or heard about it, but if we do a couple of high intensity aerobic sessions a week, we deal with work stress much better yeah. because we put our bodies on physical stress, right? So what I'm talking about here is high heart rate running or cycling or swimming or, you know, uh, yeah, that type of HIIT training. It prepares our bodies through physical stress for all the other stress we can have, including mental stress, emotional stress, work stress, and so on. So uh, you're right. Yeah, and I also think a couple of things now, but let's start with this one. So you can actually design your resilience training program. So some of it might be hard physical exercise. Some of it might be cold exposures, but it could also be other intentional exposure to stress, like uh, public speaking, like, um, you know, talking to people you don't know. Uh, you know, you walk up to somebody in a shop and just make a point out of saying a few things. Whatever it is that you don't like, you do it. So... That is also resilience training. You know, you can, why yeah. are you laughing? <laughs> because I've got an example of that. <laughs> As okay. you know, I, um, I, I, you know, I'm not the most social person. I, I don't really like parties and I'm hosting a party <laughs> at the end of this month. Well, if it goes ahead, I'm not sure because it might well be that COVID um, gets in the way. But yeah, and, you know, it's very much a resilience training because, you know, there's, it's very hard work for me to host a party because I'm quite shy. I'm not that social. And now all these people are coming to my flat. And normally I want to go to sleep at nine o'clock, but this is at New Year's Eve. So, <laughs> so I have to stay up really late. Yeah. So that's resilience training, right? So everybody's invited to this party. I'm just telling you, you're there because Bart is in his resilience practice. That's the only reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Another one. Uh, an obvious one is fasting, in particular long-term fasting. So I did a 49-hour actually fast uh, last weekend. And um, surprisingly easy, uh, really. It's so funny. So water only. And yeah, so, you know, you feel after 48 hours of not eating, you uh, you deal with you know, what you think is hunger in a much better way. So you've built resilience. 
And because, as you say, it transfers to other types of resilience, I think this one works quite nicely as well. Plus, we start to appreciate the simple things of life, right? Which, again, is stoicism. It's like if we don't eat for 48 hours, that first bite, whatever it might be, but it's very simple food, um, will taste really good. And a friend of mine who did a dry fast for three days, he said that first sip of water after three days and three nights of not drinking any water and not eating nothing it's like heaven right and we take that for granted normally so um so we develop a resilience for being thirsty by doing dry fast for example i haven't done that probably won't but yeah it's an example mm. so another um practice which i think is also uh, relevant is um is to reframe, I suppose is the right word to use. So you're in a situation, you have a negative reaction. As you have it, can you stop, notice your reaction and then reframe the whole situation to something that makes you react slightly differently? So dealing with the disappointment or whatever your expectation was and it doesn't happen, stop, notice what you're experiencing and reframe it. Mm. So again, it's, I think this is, there's a fine line sometimes, I think, around denial, you know, not ex you know, not dealing with the disappointment or or the fact that it's okay to have negative emotions or emotions that feel hard or, you know, the, yeah, I suppose negative emotions in terms of denying them. But can you can you have them, explore them, and then turn them into something else by reframing the situation? Mm. So to give an example, we were meant to, but I mean, take take today, for example, we mm. were meant to run a leadership program. And I think we moved this program like four times or something mm. because of COVID. And yesterday we had to cancel it because of the situation. And pretty quickly, I think we both reframed the whole situation thinking, brilliant. Let's look at this day in a, in a very different uh, perspective and everything we can do rather than the disappointment of, of what we couldn't do. And especially, I think, the disappointment of letting people down because that's how we feel, you know, we want to give them something and we can't and feeling responsible for something. We can't take, well, it's very hard for us to do anything with it. It's not within our control. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And that was my, um, when I was on the plane yesterday and we, it, it did look like we might cancel this program. And there's a few other things this week that are up in the air. I just, put the intention, intention for this week to just go with the flow and um, roll with the waves of life and uh, don't fight it. And it it is a really nice way of living life. It's like, you know, bring it on. doesn't matter. We'll see. You know, and that includes public speaking, by the way. And that's, kind of, that's an interesting, um, for me, that's a real challenge, more so than for you. It's that I may or may not be doing public speaking tomorrow. I think I will be. But we have no idea how many people there will be because we don't know who's traveling and who's not traveling. This is a large-ish international conference. And uh, I think it's going ahead, but who's going to be there and who's going to be watching us on a stream, we don't really know. And that's fine. In fact, it's actually quite fun. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a, an amazing superpower to have, to be able to reframe because then you can choose, it's like choosing your attitude to, to life, whatever comes to you, and at the same time, allowing yourself to be disappointed, but also allow yourself to get out of it. Mm. And I think the whole idea of resilience is to become 
quicker at adapting to new situations. So I think that's why resilience has been, it's been um, looking at recruitments, for example, or personality uh, mappings or tests. The word resilience, I think, popped up as digitalization became faster and faster. So we need to adapt to very fast moving environment. So therefore, our resilience also need to be sharpened. We need to become better at more, more agile at adapting to new situations. That's where mm. resilience come in. Mm. And more so in the last two years than ever before. Mm. Because things change from, you know, in a few days, right? Two weeks ago, this new variant, Omicron, was uh, identified in South Africa. And and we're, you know, we're you know, less than two weeks later and it feels like... Um, Things are closing down again. So this is a quite a quick turnaround for entire societies changing again. And, and, and people that were expecting to go to the office working from home and people that were expecting to travel not being able to travel and, and all kinds of stuff. Resilience is a superpower in these times, mm. I think. Yeah. So what is your number one practice these days in terms of resilience? I, I would say that um, practicing some of these easy, simple solutions, but it might seem quite hard, like sitting in the cold, having a cold shower, um, st- doing some inter- intermittent fasting, like, you know, experience what it's like to feel hungry and just stay with that for a bit rather than go, oh, I, you know, the, the first little bit of hunger I need to eat. Go for a run without water. Uh, it's a bit cold for that now. It's better when it's hot. You know, you go out for a run when it's really hot and you don't take water and you feel the thirst and just stay with that for a bit. And don't immediately grab what um, satisf- satisfies you. I think that that practice, that training of the body and through the body, the mind, I think is my number one uh, skill that you can use in so many other ways too. And for me, I think the most new practice I've had this the last couple of months is more on the emotional account to sit with uncomfortable emotions, uncomfortable feelings uh, without trying to change it too quickly, then knowing I can shift it and knowing having a recipe for how to shift it. So it's both accepting and changing, not necessarily reframing the situation, but just uh, working with what is and then change it when it's time. So I I put that on the resilience account too, I think. Mm -hmm.